This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Sustainable-ish podcast. Today I have a treat in store for you, especially if you're maybe looking around the world at the moment and feeling a little um, despairing perhaps, or if you're looking at your kids and wondering what their future will hold and worried that maybe when they're old enough to understand what's going on that they'll be viewing their own futures with maybe trepidation and despondency rather than the excitement that we probably felt as we embarked on our own adult lives. Rachel, aka the crap activist on Instagram, is an inspiration. I'm sure she'd tell me not to be so stupid to say that. She said she had massive imposter syndrome coming on the podcast following on from last week's episode with Sean Berry, but she genuinely is. She was worried about the future her kids were facing and how that potentially affected their mental health. So she went a step beyond worrying and decided to spend a year doing one thing each day to make the world a better place, to be a better citizen of the world. And not only did she do exactly that, she showed her kids that we can make a difference. She showed her kids that we can all be activists, that we don't have to simply put up with and despair about the status quo but that we can take steps to make ourselves feel empowered and to really create positive change. She's only gone and done it. We recorded this episode on day 365 of her year, and she's done it during a pandemic, but she's also managed to bring the rest of her family along for the ride, which, as many of us can attest to, is no mean feat. And she's done it all with humour and with honesty about the good bits and the not-so-good bits – let's face it, we often all like to hear about other people's cock-ups. It's so important that the stories we share, the people we celebrate, the people we admire and look up to aren't just the Gretas and the David Attenboroughs of the world, although clearly they are doing amazing stuff. There are millions of awesome crap activists out there changing the world without the recognition and the accolades and the applause. So thank you to all of you. Thank you to Rachel, the crap activist, and her family for inspiring me and for making me smile during her year. Enjoy this episode. Let me know what you think. If you're inspired to take action and indulge in a little everyday activism, crap or otherwise. Remember, please do share the podcast with friends and family if you enjoy this episode and leave a rating and a review on your favourite podcast listening platform. This really does help the podcast to grow its listenership and its impact. Enjoy. Hello, Rachel, aka The Crap Activist. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Jen. What a pleasure. Oh, what absolutely completely mutual. I was saying just before we hit record, I've been wanting to chat to you for so long. And I think we both had a bit of a mutual fangirl moment. Um, (laughs) Tell us a little bit about you. Um, You've been anonymous on Instagram. So I feel like we're kind of looking behind the curtain now because you're you're revealing yourself. Um, But tell us a little bit about you, where you are, what your family situation is. Sure. Okay. Uh, I'm Rachel. And I'm uh, there are four of us. So there's a husband and two teenage daughters. One is 13. uh, One is just turned 17. And we live just south of Cambridge uh, in the middle of nowhere. We're very lucky with where we live because um, I guess we have come to realise how lucky we are with where Mm. we live. 
over this past year. We are in the middle of nowhere. We're surrounded by beautiful countryside. Um, and that's been absolutely fantastic this evening. <laughs> oh, and yeah, it's just us. Uh, we're bum bumbling along. It's been a year of highs and lows. Fortunately, when one of us seems to be low, somebody else in the family isn't. So we pick each other up. And it's coincided with this kind of year of us trying to oh I don't know without wishing to sound too pompous sort of be better citizens of the world really and um, take a bit of responsibility for how we live and what we're doing and our impact on the world and um, challenge ourselves to do better um, and as I was just saying a moment ago Jen uh, today's quite an auspicious day because it's day it's the final day of this uh, year-long challenge to sort of try and do something small things uh, but try and do something every single day to uh, to sort of meet this goal of trying to do better. I'm totally in awe of that. And I've got so many questions for you, but I just want to read out. I just scrolled down to your first Instagram post where you sort of introduced yourself and you said, <laughs> um, hello, I'm the crap activist. Crap because I don't know what I'm doing and an activist because I know I've got to take some kind of action, but I'm not quite sure what. I love that. And, and then you said you wanted to do something small something good every day was what what was the impetus what made you kind of oh gosh I really do need to do something yeah I can tell you exactly what it was actually we had listened to the um Adam Buxton uh podcast he always does a Christmas special with his old sidekick uh Joe Cornish I don't know if you listen to the Adam no Buxton. what's the name of the podcast uh, it's just the Adam Buxton oh, podcast. Okay, we'll have to go into um, and and we happen to be listening to it between Christmas and New Year, not Christmas just gone, but the, the Christmas before. Mm -hmm. And there was a bit in the podcast where the two of them were reminiscing about an old TV show called Tomorrow's World. Yes, and they were. Do you remember? Do you remember? Yes, Tomorrow's yeah, yeah, old yeah. Old <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, a program from my childhood. And they were, they were um, waxing lyrical about Tomorrow's World and they were talking about the fact that when you used to tune into Tomorrow's World, the future was this really amazing place where like every home had a computer and you, had, you could have a phone that you walked around with and you would go to work um, uh, with your jetpack strapped on your back, sort of Tony Stark style. Um, and they were, they were, they were, it was nonsense chit chat, but basically they were talking about the fact that the future was this really exciting place. And I can remember feeling exactly the same watching Tomorrow's World. You know, it just seemed to be this really dizzy, amazing point in the distance um, that I was going to be growing up into. Mm. And it made me feel excited. So we listened to that and we were on a long car journey when we were listening to this podcast. And then my husband and I ended up having a wider conversation about how rubbish it is or how rubbish it was that our kids didn't feel the same way mm. about their future. Because actually all the messages that they were getting um, and still get to a degree are about how awful the world is, how terrible people are, how we're ruining our planet, how we're doing that wrong, and there isn't anything to look forward to, and the clock is ticking, and just all the negative, uh, gloomy um, mm. outlook um, for, for the future. You know, I don't want that for my kids. Yeah. I, I, I don't want that for my kids. I want them to feel excited about the life that they've got ahead of them. I want them to feel positive, and I want them to feel hopeful. I don't want them to feel be delusional. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, but I want them to feel good about the world around them. Mm. And so we listened to this podcast. We had this wider conversation. I quite like the business of a new year anyway, in terms of it being that whole, right, clean sheet. What am I going to strive for this year? Yeah. So the timing was great for someone that gets sucked into that nonsense. And so, um, yeah, we, we hit the 1st of January and I sort of announced to the family, right, every day this year, I'm going to try and do something that is a change and is challenging kind of what we do. And uh, so that's how it kind of all kicked off. And my birthday's on the 14th of Jan, so it timed in quite nicely. So I had a couple of weeks of fumbling around. Then your book was given to me, which is brilliant. I mean, what a fantastic book. Um, so again, that kind of, you know, so these things kind of snowball. So, um, you know, once you start something, you learn about something else. And yes. You learn about something else and then it expands and expands and expands. Yeah. And here we are at the end of the year. So you were saying about this, this idea of feeling excited about the future as a, oh. as a child and as a young person. Have you had conversations with your young people 
about the future and about how they feel about it that that sense that you had that they they weren't excited about it is that a conversation that you've had or is that just your sort of sense of it from you know seeing all the news all the time it wasn't a a conversation that we sort of sat down and made ourselves Mm. um, have with them it wasn't sort of as formal as that I think we'd felt acutely aware of it you know both of our kids they're both of the girls they really switched on they both watch the news Mm. they both digest stuff you know they're they're as kids are wonderful sponges for sucking up Mm. uh, information that's sort of thrown at them um, and absorbing it and trying to make sense of it so I think we without it being a sort of a a big formal heavy family discussion we were aware that they were feeling pretty Mm. bloody hell you know what what on earth what on earth is going on when you then chuck into the mix a a pandemic which is really frightening uh, and continues to be you know that's that's an awful lot for you know a 13 year old and a 17 year old what any anyone actually regardless of age I mean just hugely overwhelming and again you know another thing to sort of look at and think oh my goodness what a mess we've made of this Mm. world but actually what's ended up being quite nice for us this year is because we've had this other change challenge going on against the backdrop of this pandemic it's actually ended up being really nice distraction Mm. and really nice to feel that there is this yes that's going on over there which feels out of control and a bit frightening but actually this stuff that we're doing every single day is within our control and we can do this and we can do that and we can change this and we cannot do that anymore so it's actually ended up being really cathartic yeah um, having this kind of challenge going on so you said you sort of announced to the rest of the family that that mm. you wanted to do this you wanted to make these changes were yeah. they on board were they like mother what are you doing you're so embarrassing was your husband like oh my god really like how did they all react I think there was all of that in the mix actually um, <laughs> uh, if I'm honest with you Jen but they're extremely tolerant of me and they know what I'm like and I do have these moments. I've got form. Uh, <laughs> I, do that. I have lots of amazing uh, ideas in air quotes, yeah. Generally, they've not lasted a year. Um, they're usually much more flash in the pan than that. I do do these things, but and, and actually they're just great because they're all they're, they're, they're wonderfully supportive. Funnily enough, my, my eldest uh, daughter said, we were looking back to the beginning of the year, she definitely had a bit of a hot and cold moment around the fact that she thought that I might get massively into tie-dye and um, wearing dungarees. I do have some dungarees, actually. So that's, yeah, I did see that one through. But, um, you know, basically turn into that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, eco, that stereotype. warrior mm. um, uh, embarrassing mother. But I think she was quite relieved that we didn't, we haven't quite gone that far. <laughs> um, I like to think of myself more as a Felicity Kendall. Yes. Than, uh, than, yeah, she's a cool pinup girl. Who wouldn't uh, want to see themselves as Felicity Kendall, well, to be honest? Well, um, my husband lives in Hope every day. She but, wore dungarees. Um, she wore dungarees, exactly. She looked you amazing know, in dungarees. Uh, yeah, she looks amazing in dungarees. I look like a massive oversized toddler. Um, <laughs> but um, me both. They they were um, they were they were fine about it. I think there was a little bit of right. Okay, here we go. It's one of Mum's New Year's yes. resolutions. Uh, will she actually normally? Um, I've already mentioned my birthday's on the fourteenth of January, and usually that signals the failing of my <laughs> New Year's resolutions. So when I tried to do dry January, yes, it got yes. my birthday. Sod that. So there was a little bit of that, but actually they they jumped on board really quickly, and actually really quickly it became very much not about something I was doing mm. something that we were all doing really within a matter of sort of days and weeks I was because um, I was going to say that do you still do you look back now and see it as your challenge or has, it sounds like very much like it's become a family challenge most definitely most definitely and from very early on you know that's not that's not just something that that, that gear change hasn't just happened in yeah. the last couple of months that was within a matter of weeks and I'm really thankful for that they've been extremely supportive and actually as the years trucked on and there have been periods where I've maybe run out of energy a bit or I mm-hmm. felt a bit flat. They've been the momentum. They've been at times way more motivated than me. I yeah. mean, around around Christmas, around all the making that, that mm. they did for Christmas. I mean, they drove that. Wow. Um, I just sat there and wrote the cards. So, you know, it, it was them. They were up for it. They, yes. were, they were keeping it going. 
and that's how it feels now. I mean, it, it's funny because, you know, I'm at the end of this year. They're pumped about what's going to happen. Really? Yeah. Oh, totally. There's some stuff we haven't got to that we know we need to address. So that's still there. Mm. That's on our radar. So we'll get to that. But yeah, they're really, there's no going back, is there? I mean, you you know this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. In your own experiences, you can't unknow the things that you learn on this journey. Yeah. Um, so there's no going back. So um, it feels like we've come an awfully long way as a family. Definitely. Really and ha- like what a role model to have, you know, to, to have a parent who's acknowledged that they're worried about these things and then to to go on and to do it and actually to sort of empower the rest of the family around their role as, you know, I say air quotes activists and I shouldn't because I, I really firmly believe that we're all activists in our everyday choices and in, and yeah. in exactly as you have been in the, the things, the conversations you've been having, the things you've been posting on social media, all that kind of thing. So that, that you've been able to engage them in that sort of gentle everyday kind of activism as well is just absolutely phenomenal. I'm so, um, I'm so in awe, I absolutely am. So what, how did you decide what you were going to do each day and how did you keep coming up with ideas? Because periodically I'd be like, oh, I'm going to do 365 changes and I'm going to post one thing a day on social media. And I get to about day 35 and I'm like, oh my God, I've, I've completely run out of steam, yeah. out of ideas. Like how, how did you do it? Well, there were lots of lists. I love a good list then yes. anyway. Certainly in the early days, there was a lot of kind of, jotting stuff down but also one of the lovely things for me is I discovered this kind of amazing Instagram community who actually are constantly generating Mm. and sharing tips ideas how about this why not do things this way I've just discovered this what about this brand Mm. here's something that worked here's something that didn't so as the kind of the weeks and the months rumbled on that uh, filled in quite a lot of gaps yes. you know I would I would go and and have a browse around and essentially Jen just steal other people's <laughs> fantastic ideas I'm, I've been pretty shameless about doing that over the year my, my content isn't original um but, whose is nobody's is nobody you know <laughs> exactly that's no bad thing yeah it's no bad thing but yes yeah, just just sort of hoovering up all of these little gems all of these little nuggets mm. from other people and looking at how I can some of them weren't quite right some of them wouldn't quite fit in with our lifestyle and what we do but how can we shift that or how can we take a bit of it or here's something that I really want to do but we're not ready to do that just yet but we might be later on in the year and so quite a lot of that has happened actually to give a really good example actually Christmas if I'd said to my gang back in January 2020 hey kids how about we don't have a Christmas tree I think I would have been asked to leave the family home. But fast forward to kind of November um, and we um, had some family power talks about, right, Christmas, let's talk about it. Here are some of the things that I really think that we could challenge. What do you think? Everybody was really up for it. So I think there's an element of we learnt or I learnt that, you know, some things were a little bit out of reach, Mm. but then as the years kind of gone on and we've all moved on and we've all gone through this change they then become it within your reach and within your bar did you just go no Christmas tree or did you have an alternative we actually had two alternatives so I had this idea that we would be able to make this well it was a bit Heath Robinson um this uh kind of Christmas teepee oh um involved using the tomato what you call them, um, not canes, that we've got these lovely metal ones that right. we did years ago, that we could sort of make this amazing sort of teepee structure and then hang things on it. And actually the reality is, is that all that happened is the cat went and sat in the middle of it. And, uh, uh, yeah, was an arsehole. Um, frantically so, scrolling uh, through your Instagram trying to find your Christmas tree now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's somewhere on there. So the Christmas teepee is on there. So that was my idea. Um, my husband made this kind of big round base um, that you slotted these supports into and then we wrapped the trees round, and then the cat sat in the middle and was a, an idiot and so I did that and then the girls did this really gorgeous Christmas tree they did it just here actually and uh, that was a flat against the wall and it was this illuminated Christmas tree and was actually way more tasteful and lovely than my slightly shonky Christmas teepee so this is the thing we we gave up on the on the actual Christmas tree yeah but we ended up with actually two 
well, one not so good, um, <laughs> but sort of two alternatives. Um, yeah. and, all, and of course, all reflected after Christmas, then actually it wasn't that big a deal having a Christmas tree or not having a Christmas tree anyway. And yeah. that that's absolutely fine. And yeah, that's what we'll do from here on. Talk to yeah. us about family power hours. They sound like I'm all, you know, you sort of read parenting books or whatever. And, and they say, you know, and, and having, or you hear about people saying they have, you know, these family conferences and things. And I'm like, oh, that sounds, you know, I, 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 something to aspire to. That feels like that would make me feel like a good parent, like capital G, capital P, like I would be, you know, um, <laughs> I'd be doing good parenting, but it kind of never really happens and I end up I feel like I'm I'm almost quite sort of dictatorial in my approach I'm just sort yeah. of get on and do things and and they just either don't notice or they sort of have a bit of a grumble and then go along with it whereas I mean that sounds like proper parenting talk to me about how I do that I I don't think I have any great wisdom to <laughs> sadly, Jen, if that's what you're hoping for uh, I think that that tolerance that I mentioned earlier comes <laughs> is a big part of it. They're just like, oh, God, here goes mum again. But um, I, I think it helps that my two are older. So mm -hmm. um, it, it's essentially like having uh, a couple of extra adults in yes. the house. So the, the kind of chats that we can have about things are it, it's nice to be at that stage of uh, sort of in, in the parenting journey, actually, where you're, it does feel like you're having grown up conversations about stuff mm. instead, of, instead of it being that kind of, you know, sort of continual nagging. It, it, it continual <laughs> nagging, exactly. So I feel that we're a little bit sort of past that, you know, and actually maybe if I tried to do this a few years ago when the kids were younger, maybe it would have been harder. Who knows? Um, but um, but generally we'll we'll sit down if, if we've got big stuff to talk about we'll we'll, we'll sit down and have power talks mm. um and um i it, i've made it sound really heavy by um titling it as power talks it's not heavy we laugh a lot yes um, and they're usually fairly bonkers conversations but we're a democratic household right um, does that annoy you a bit because that would annoy me a bit because <laughs> no. i'd say right no. i think we need to do this and they'd go yeah, they keen. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just that they know how to sort of play it and play me you know they make they make the right noises and actually maybe behind the scenes they're really I don't know we are a democratic household we do and and actually this year that's been quite important because I think if I had come in jokes aside I think if I had come yeah. in and made blankets sweeping yes, changing, yeah, yeah. we're not going to buy this anymore no you yeah. can't shop there no we're not Amazon Prime is gone. Yes. Um, you know, if, if I'd come in and, and made those sweeping changes, then I don't think we would have made it. To yeah. The end of the and year. that is such a great point because, you know, I'm, I'm sort of joking about being this kind of benign dictator or whatever. But I think, you know, if you can bring your family with you, if you can include them in your conversations, if you can include them in the decision making, even the littler kids, like I talk about doing a, you know, a plastic audit and getting them helping collecting all the plastic and then you know gathering around and having a look and saying oh what's the what's the most common thing in here and if you've got loads of I don't know fruit shoot bottles they might say oh you know well what can we do about this kids and rather than you going you're never having fruit shoots again they might come up with the suggestion that maybe they'll only have them at the weekends or they'll have them when it's yeah. a birthday or yeah. something and, and so you're much more likely to get buy-in rather than, as you say, you coming along and just making these kind of blanket sweeping changes that are just going to get people's backs up and be like, oh, I don't want to be told what to do. I was quite happy with that to be, you know, thanks very much. And, and they feel part of the process. Yeah. And they feel like they're owning it as much as you. And you're exactly right. That's exactly how you get them, on, you know, you, you, you get them on board. And, and the other thing I would say is that, again, sort of perhaps it's because my two are a little bit older. Jen, they're so much smarter than me. Um, they're, they're, they're really bloody clever. They are so switched on. I mean, when I was their age, I was into Duran Duran and smoking and boys. And, you know, and, and they, they're, they're tomorrow so as well, don't forget. And tomorrow as well, yes, yeah. <laughs> um, it saved me. Um, but, um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're just smart and they're switched on. And, and so it's right that they are, um, you know, they're, they're owning this sort of process and, and they're sort of, running with it in their own way um, yeah. and, and as I say sort of as the years gone on they've ended up driving much more than me you know it's it started off with me yes behind the steering wheel and then as the years gone on it's ended up being this entirely collaborative thing or us taking turns to drive mm, yeah terrible metaphor now it was quite interesting when you said oh maybe this would have been more difficult had the kids been a bit younger 
when we did our year buying nothing new our kids were like four and two and and you know to be honest they they just sort of you know they didn't do as they were told because what what four and two year old did but you know they, they, they didn't really notice any difference and I've always yeah. said I think it would have been it would be a much harder challenge to do with teenagers because obviously they then have their they're trying to work out their own values their own identity yeah. they mm-hmm. probably want to fit in with their friends and therefore mm-hmm. that involves buying certain clothes that might mm-hmm. not fit with my values have you mm-hmm. found any of that especially with like completely stereotypically but especially with teenage girls uh, yeah a little but again they they they've really blown me away because they have gone and done their own research and yeah. gone and done their own reading at the start of the year both of them would have been delighted to have got an H&M voucher for mm. Christmas they would be horrified if they got an H&M voucher now mm-hmm. um, and that's not come from me that's not because I've said to them you mustn't shop there mm. anymore even though I might think that that's yeah. not I haven't been that dictator um, <laughs> It's because they've gone and done their own research mm. and their own reading and they understand what greenwashing is, is um, and they understand that it's not good enough that H&M has a very small sustainable range. So they, are, you know, they've made decisions mm. themselves. I do speculate on if things would have been different if we hadn't, if we hadn't done this in, in this completely bonkers, extraordinary mm. year. So if if my youngest had been going off to school and having parties, yeah. uh, you know, going to parties, and if my eldest had gone off to college and had, you know, made all the new friends that come with college, you know, perhaps mm. that would have meant things would have been a little bit different. Yeah. But actually, I think they're so far down the road now. I don't think they would ever go back to any of those old habits anyway. Yeah. I think where I think they are way beyond that. Yeah. Um, we had an interesting thing actually just recently with my um, eldest. So she really likes her sneakers. She's mm. she's really really into her trainers, and she wanted to get some new trainers. But a lot of the kind of ethical trainers that are out there just wouldn't be the kind of thing mm. that a cool seventeen year old yeah. would wear. And she went round and round in circles uh, about it. And actually, in the end, bought uh, I posted about it. Actually, she bought some Adidas trainers that are made entirely from recycled materials Mm. and it sparked up a really fantastic conversation about greenwashing Mm. um, and about is it okay that we're buying these is it not okay Mm. or the line and that sort of bigger conversation around the fact that so much of trying to live a better you know uh, more sustainably in a way that's you know more environmentally aware you realise very quickly that things just aren't black and white, yes. and actually it's just about a whole load of grey. Yeah. Um, and it's where you it's where you sort of position yourself yeah. in that grey scale. And someone quite brilliantly, um, uh, when I was having this sort of dilemma on my Instagram feed, someone said something great about um, you know sometimes it's about picking the least bad option. Yes. There are those occasions where it is about that. Mm. Um, it's really really bloody hard to get. Yeah everything right things are rarely black and white oh yeah Um, I I talk about that all the time there's no there's no black and white there's no green and white as you said there's just these sort of myriad shades of green or gray or whatever in the middle Mm -hmm. and it's and it's about exactly as you said earlier on about picking these bits and pieces and trying and taking them and looking at them and trying to work out well how does that fit into our family does that fit into our family is that something that fits into our family now or as you say is it something we're going to come back to later and you can understand why people don't make different decisions when you know your daughter wants a pair of trainers and the easiest thing in the world would have been for her to go online and just order a pair of trainers and it's probably yep. taken her you know hours of research and and you know toing yep. and froing and to try and make a decision that at the end of the day she doesn't feel 100% happy with you can understand why that's really off-putting for people and if I think back to us as a family before we started this that was at the heart of it, you, you end up impotent, you end up sort of inert and, and unable to move any which way because mm. every, every, every way that signposts seems wrong. Yes. Um, so, so ultimately the safest thing to do is to just stay in your, it's nothing. Uh, yeah. I, hate, I hate the expression comfort zone, but stay in your comfort zone yeah. and not to, just, just carry on as you are, you yeah. know, nothing to see here, um, carry on as you are, I'm just going to keep on doing my thing. Mm. And of course, actually, that's really what you shouldn't be doing you have to start somewhere understanding that not everything is going to be right yes but you just need to start 
um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that's the thing. And and then when you do start, it, it snowballs. Um, yes. So, yeah, I think that first step is almost the hardest. That first step out yeah. of that comfort zone where you've peaked out, you've looked and you've yeah. gone, oh, crap, that looks a bit too complicated, a bit too mm. hard. I don't really understand. It all looks like it's, you know, I try and do this and then someone tells me that's wrong and I try and do that and that's wrong. So I'm just going to stay here. But actually taking that first step, mm. accepting it's going to be imperfect, accepting all these shades yeah. of grey and doing it and then as you say the next steps become easier and it absolutely does does snowball what made you want to document it on Instagram the original reason uh, was just simply to make myself do it I I thought if I if I haven't got a device um or some kind of mechanism to compel me to have to do something every single day I'm gonna get to my birthday yeah (laughs) get to the 14th of January and no one will know that I've I, you know, need know that I failed. So that that's why I did it. And I have to say, before setting up the Crap Activist Instagram account, I do have a personal account on Instagram. But I mean, I I, I was hardly ever on there. Mm. I'm not brilliant on social media at all. I don't, you know, I'm not one of these people that that um, has lots of yes. different accounts and fiddles about with it at all. So actually, I put myself out there without really realising, but actually it worked out fine. I think I was a little bit naive putting myself out there. I thought it was this sort of little thing that would just make mm. me keep it going. But actually, you know, it's ended up being this really wonderful thing. And goodness, I've learned so much. I mean, there are some really smart people out there in the world, aren't there? Mm. Oh, yeah. They're and sharing amazing information and knowledge. So it's been, you know, personally, it's been brilliant this year as a way to learn and open my eyes and get my head around some really sort of complex issues. Yeah. And I think you said earlier that, you know, you you very quickly sort of found or felt a part of this community of people doing doing things. And I think, you know, one of the other barriers for people is maybe they're thinking they want to do things a bit differently. It all looks a bit hard. They're not really sure. They look around their friends and their friends aren't doing anything either. And you feel very alone. And also, you know, like you're with your daughter. Oh, please don't end up becoming this kind of, you know dungaree wearing tie-dye you know this fear of of judgment this fear of of other people thinking you're judging them it's very easy to feel very alone so to to have a community whether that's online or you're part of a group locally Mm -hmm. or whatever is such a powerful thing I think oh for sure that's been a really fantastic surprise I didn't realize that that would come um, Mm. as a consequence of me creating this account and putting myself out there I feel like I've got this kind of amazing sort of group of friends who I interact with. They're all around the world. They're supportive. They tell me off sometimes, but it's always in a good way. It's entirely positive and funny and it's great. And I didn't realise that that would happen. Mm. And that's been a really lovely thing. And you are so good. You said I'm not good at social media, but you are so good. Your posts never fail to make me laugh you are brilliant at bringing the humor in sort of very (laughs) you know self-deprecating but also yeah just your sense of humor makes me smile every single day did you intentionally try and make it funny or is that just you like because I think bringing humor into it makes it so much more accessible because it can be very easily seen as very dull very worthy very earnest and actually to go like oh do you know what I'm a bit crap at this like that's so powerful yes I think that's me um I am a bit of an idiot um and and I and I don't mind I don't and I don't mind fessing up to that so a lot of my posts are just me reflecting on what an idiot I am but I also think as well that as as you've just sort of said not to knock anybody that that's doing their thing but there are lots of sort of accounts out there that are perfect and Mm. um, they've got it all going on and they're doing everything brilliantly Um, and it's all very beautiful it's all very beautiful and that is wonderful but it's also kind of wearying and mm. um that's not where I'm at yes I, I I'm not sure I'll I will ever be there actually so I needed to kind of be true to myself mm. uh, yeah and so so it is pretty warts and all and and honest and I mean we mess up loads there's loads of stuff that we've done this year that I've marked up as a you know look, look at this change look what we've done today but I wouldn't bloody do it again yeah. um so, you know, there, 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 there have been lots of fails in there as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the other thing as well about kind of sort of trying to keep it 
lighthearted. Again, it's it's not to kind of be delusional about the enormity of what's going on mm. um, in the world. But I feel that particularly as a sort of parent, it's incumbent on me to help my kids feel positive and hopeful yeah. about the world that's around them. Mm. Um, and using humour and being daft and putting it out there is a really good way of keeping things positive and light and setting a particular tone mm. yeah. for me and for my kids and for the people um, on the sort of wider Instagram community that I, you know, that I interact with. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I'm sort of in doing that, I'm sort of setting out my stool a little bit so that people can, you know, and I, and I know I'm not for everybody. And that's yeah. fine because I'm sure they'll they'll be able to find people that well, are exactly as you just as you said earlier that you know oh you know I've, I've sort of shamelessly stole other people's content and that is absolutely fine because the way that you talk about it and describe it will resonate with a, a different set of people be, because mm. of those differences. So the yeah. same message or change or action is getting yeah. out there, but it's just reaching those people who happen to kind of um, yeah. resonate with you definitely. Um, I'm totally, and I, I'm, I'm really hoping my listeners are thinking this as well. I really want to know about the fails. When you said there were some things, and you're like, "Yeah, not doing that again." <laughs> oh God, there have been lots of makes that we've over the course of the year we've sort of made things. And again, this is usually sparked off by me. I'll see something or I'll read mm. something in a book, and you know, it'll be a, a Sunday when we. It's usually always a Sunday when we cock things up. It'll be a Sunday. We haven't got any particular plans. The dog needs walking. Let's go out and make rose hip syrup or um, let's go foraging and make hedgerow pesto or, you know, let's I, I'm managing to pick really hippie-ish stuff, actually. <laughs> um, it's usually those things yeah. um, where it'll be you know hey kids dog let's go do this yes, yes. and my lovely family go okay and then sort of uh, eight hours later there's crap up the kitchen walls um I've made some rank drink um <laughs> that no one's gonna touch um despite its anti-inflammatory properties and and yeah so that gets sort of notched up as yeah we remember this time next year when all the roses are out let's make a note that we're not going to do that yes. again we'll um, let other people do that yeah yeah so there have been a few bits and bobs like that. Also, so some of the some of the sort of more obvious swaps that you do early on. I mean, I, we had a few um, fraught weeks mucking about with shampoo bars. You know, shampoo bars, they're everywhere. It's a really quick win to not buy new plastic bottles. You know, we've got three quarters of the household of female. So, you know, that's a lot of shampoo mm, that we're going mm. through. Let's make that swap. But actually, we all struggled a bit with that. Yes. And it's taken it. And, and, and a lot of them are really expensive. And so, um, you know, I've got my youngest saying, Mum, this isn't working for me. Have you seen how greasy my hair looks yeah. today? Well, you will use that bar up. Yes. It's like, I don't care what you look like. Wear a hat. Yeah. Um, so, um, so some of those sort of uh, early fails as well. But yeah, it's good fun. And actually, even with all of those things that we've done that haven't worked out quite so well, where resolutely positive and can always find the funny we're, we're good at doing that we're good at laughing at ourselves yes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what are the successes what are the things that you're keeping probably too um, numerous I mean, to but, mention I would think oh my goodness yeah where to even start with that there are lots and lots of things we did a lot of we've done an awful lot of just switching out old habits to new ones mm. um, or, or better ones I should say yes. so some of them it, on paper it looked like a big deal but then actually when we put it into practice we were like what why why have we not done this before so some really silly little things like oh just daft embarrassing stuff like buying bags of ice and buying an item of food because you it's always on the shopping list every yes. week and yet it's always the item of food that goes in the compost yes. bin because actually no one really likes cucumber in the winter yes. um, anyway and you know making decisions around let's stop doing that and let's start doing this I think meal planning is incredible mm. and that's been a really it, it's such a small thing but it's also such a big thing yeah because if you get that right and if you're disciplined about it you save a fortune yeah and so our food bills came have come down hugely wow. over this last yeah. year just through planning yeah. and being really smart about you know what, what, what we're buying 
um, as a consequence of that, we have hardly any food waste. Yeah. Um, and any food waste we have goes out to chickens. For me, a big has been around not buying. So I've I've also not bought any new clothes this year. Yeah. Um, and that's been really fantastic in terms of me personally appreciating what I've got. Mm. And again, you save a, yeah. a fortune. Um, I think it's probably helped that all social life has been cancelled. Yes. <laughs> no shops have been open. and <laughs> Exactly. Literally nowhere to go. But actually, sort of joking aside, two years ago, three years ago, I would have been that woman if I was invited to a party. I would absolutely go and buy something new yeah. for that party. So, yeah, so that felt, felt like a biggie. And I do actually genuinely need to buy some new clothes now, a couple of choice pieces. But I definitely have realised that I simply don't need lots yeah. of stuff. We've done loads of decluttering, lots of moving things on, but moving things on in a responsible way, not mm -hmm. just carting off to the charity shop. That's been quite a biggie. Making and mending, mm. um, that's been a real biggie for us. I mean, Christmas, we we pretty much made everything at Christmas. Wow. Um, and that was great. And we were really nervous about it as well. We were really worried about how it would go down with yes. family members. And they were they were wonderful mm. um, and really supportive. And actually, it was really touching because a couple of the big ticket gifts that we got back from, from my parents and also my my brother and his partner, they made us gifts back, oh. um, which I never would have thought that they yes. would have done that. And so that was enormously moving, yeah. actually, and felt like a really big, a yes. big deal. It felt yeah. like a really big deal. Jen, it's really hard to know where to start. Yeah, and things. there's so many. And people can come and they can, you know, look on your Instagram. Yeah. Interestingly, we were mentioning about, you know, you've saved a lot on the food waste and obviously you've saved on the clothes. And there's always this perception that, you know, doing the right thing, living more sustainably, making better choices yeah. is more expensive. Yeah. Over the whole year, do you think you're, you've saved money or have, has it been balanced out by sort of almost a buy less, buy better approach? How's it been for you? I would say that we've ended the year saving money. Mm. Um, I mean, we've done some bigger things as well, like switching energy provider. I mean, that saved us, you know, again, no brainer. It was the right thing to do. And then wouldn't you know it, we ended up saving money as well. Right. So that, that, that was that was pretty brilliant. I would say that we've ended the year saving money. I think for the first part of the year, certainly in the early weeks, and somebody wrote brilliantly about this on Instagram uh, just recently. Um, they, they talked about the, the learning curve that you go through when you sort of make this decision that mm. you're going to go on this journey and um, and uh, live in a in a, a more mindful and um, sustainable way where the first few weeks you really want a nice wooden washing up brush yes and you really want to bin all of your bathroom toiletries yes. and go and spend a small, a small fortune on um lovely organic vegan I don't know moisturizer yeah um and I confess there was definitely an element of that in the early days where mm. we felt I fell into that trap yeah I'm, I'm doing this thing. I want everyone to see that I'm doing this thing. So the old stuff has got to go and we're going to get new, better yeah. stuff in. OK, you know, that's the society we live in. If we as you say, if we've got sure. a, a new exactly. job to go to, we go and buy new clothes for it. If we're starting a new hobby, we go and buy yeah. new things to, to, to do the new hobby. So when we make this decision that we want to live differently, we almost are yeah. like, what, what do I need to buy? What do I need yeah. to buy? Exactly right. That's such an interesting point. It's sort of, you know, it, it, it's um, that's the mentality, isn't mm. it? You know, I, I'm 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 starting something new. So what can I invest in? What can yes. I spend my money on? And of course, that's completely wrong. So you you go through that and then you're like, bloody hell, this sustainability log is really expensive. Yeah. And and then you feel a bit flat about it. Yes. Um, but actually, if you can ride out, ride that out, you then sort of come out the other side and yeah. actually you realize that it's not about accruing more yeah. stuff it's about using what you've got making the most of what you've got and then slowly gradually introducing those better changes and yes there are things out there that, that are more expensive so in our household the sticking point for us is well it, it's my problem and that's my complete addiction to crisps so I really love crisps like really love crisps again and I don't feel that I can cut them out of my life entirely but crisps are really problematic right yeah. And, and made even more problematic because our local TerraCycle um, place where I would um, guiltily take my packets to, they kind of shut down during the lockdown. Mm. So I haven't got anywhere to hide my crisp packets anymore. <laughs> oh, darn it. So, so actually the, 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 the best crisp, 
crisp option out there in terms of sort of packaging are, the, are those wonderful two farmers yes. crisps brilliant stuff but they're expensive mm. um and so then it's kind of about i really like crisps i'm not ready to give up crisps so i need to kind of adjust my crisp lifestyle <laughs> so that i could so that it's pathetic i'm in, i'm i'm very aware of how pathetic i sound at this no point. it's so um, um relatable <laughs> I need to uh, I need to adjust my crisp crisp lifestyle so that I can still have the crisps, but I can have good crisps, you yes. know, in a good way. The right crisps. That's I'm I the mean. same, completely the same with chocolate. Like I, you know, ah. I, I couldn't not have chocolate in my life. So now, you know, we've been going through Tony's at a rate of knots, but it's probably yeah. two, three, four times the price of it, whatever. And yeah. I would like to say it slowed down my consumption, but probably <laughs> <laughs> It's funny you can say that because I think it's brilliant. The rest of the family are horrified. Two farmers have been doing a uh, a, a January, um, some kind of January deal. So in the past three weeks, I think I've, oh, I, I shouldn't even be saying this because you're recording it. I've bought a lot of crisps, Jen, in a three week period, but don't tell anyone. No, no one will know. It's fine. Yeah, keep it quiet. I've, honestly, Rachel, I could talk to you for hours. I'm really aware of um, your time, but... Um, so what's next? You said, you know, this is the last day of the year. And everybody said this to me when we finished our year buying nothing new, like, what's next? What are you going to go out and buy? And I was like, you, you referred to this earlier. You can't unlearn it. You can't mm. ignore everything you've learned. You can't go back to normal. But it's a weird feeling, isn't it? Finishing a sort of challenge so. like this and thinking, OK, so so now what next? Where do I go from yeah. here? How do I carry on? Do I plateau for a bit? What's what are your thoughts mm. at the moment? I think I probably need to take a bit of time out just to sort of ruminate on things yes. a little. I think that I owe it to my family to change my Instagram handle to the crap activist. Yes. Um, because it's not just me. So I'm definitely going to do that later on. My daughter, uh, my eldest daughter, is quite keen to do something alongside mm. uh, the crap activist. So I'm, I might just sort of hand it over to her. Yeah. Or you might do it as a, as a power duo, something like that. I'm not sure. I don't know, Jen. Um, I, I do know that it's not something that I want to kind of give up. I'm not mm. sure I'm ready to commit to a whole other year, but um, it's not something that you sort of walk away from, really. Yeah. There, there are still things that, I, you know, we haven't got to that I know that we need to get to. There's a whole lot of um, quite grown up, boring sort of money stuff that yeah, we need yeah, to yeah, yeah. around money that sort of isn't much fun um mm. uh, but 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 it needs to be done you mm. know um so there, there are some things like that that I know we need to get to and I think I did, I think I've got to spend some time sort of thinking about the right way of doing this I think I've got to try I've got to challenge myself to kind of be a little bit more sort of outspoken about things there have been a few points over the past year where I've put things out to kind of my wider group of friends mm. you mentioned earlier sort of often people start things off um start off on this journey and they're, they're on their own in their bubble mm. because mm. their family and their friends they're not doing it yes and then you find this community on Instagram and suddenly oh goodness there are other people mm. like me trying to do their thing there have been a couple of times over the last year where I've I've stuck my neck out and sort of shared things with mm. friends and family really worrying about it actually really worrying that I'm gonna upset someone yeah, or yeah, yeah. ruffle feathers or yeah and actually, it's been really amazing because people have responded and they've yes. been positive and they've been supportive and they've come back to me and said, this is great. And I didn't know that. And thank yes. you. And all of that kind of thing. I think there's a fine line because I, I don't I don't want to be a crashing ball, basically. Yes. And I don't want to be sort of evangelical about it. And I think I probably need to try and work out the yeah. right way of doing that because it's tempting. You know, when you know yes. this stuff, it's tempting to uh, to want to shout to the world about it. There's, but there's a line to be walked isn't there and I think it, and, yeah. and I really struggle with this in that you know you don't I just imagine that I post something on my personal Facebook page or you know and everyone my friends or you know school school mum friends or whatever just rolling their eyes and scrolling past like oh god here she goes again do you know and you kind of don't want that do you but on the other hand we've been talking a lot this month in the Knackered Mums Clubhouse about this idea of talking climate and this idea of you know as activists uh, you know, just just having these conversations and sharing these things is is really powerful and creates these ripples. And sometimes people won't comment on something, but they'll bounce up to you six months later and say, oh, God, I saw you. You'd suggested that. And I did that. And it is really, really difficult. And I saw a I was on a call yesterday and somebody and I, I'm not going to remember it exactly. She said something like data doesn't change behavior. Friends do or friendship. That's yeah. like something like that. So that yeah. actually, you know, if we see 
you know, we'll, we'll all watch a David Attenborough thing and cry and feel really awful about it and promise to change. And then, as you say, we go, oh, it's too hard. I can't do it. And um, whereas mm. if a friend goes, shares that they've just changed their energy provider or that they've found two farmers crisps or Tony's Chocolony or whatever it is, you're much more likely to go, oh, well, if they can do it, actually, it can't be too hard. I can have a go too. Exactly, exactly right. So I, I definitely think that there's something that I need to do a bit more there mm. um, in terms of sort of being a bit bolder and being a bit braver Yes. Um, yeah. in terms of sort of taking it out of my lovely safe Instagram yes. kind of yes. COVID community and outside of, you know, my family of, yeah. of, of four and sort of try and take it a little bit wider. Actually, I should just say one of the things that we have done, I chatted to the girls about how to end this year. And the one thing that we are doing, the primary, the local primary school that the girls went to, uh, went to we've been in chats with them about uh, their library. They've got a library there that they're revamping. And so we're donating a bunch of books about the planet oh, amazing. Um, to them, which yeah. is way. So I, I sort of started the year with kids in mind and well, my own kids in mind. And so that's sort of how we're ending the year with sort of other kids in mind. So that's sort of quite a nice that's way. That's gorgeous. Of that's really lovely. Ending the year. Mm. Um, before we before we hit record on this and you said to me I think in an Instagram message I feel a bit of an imposter because you know you've just had Sean Berry on and oh my god she's amazing like honestly this has been so inspiring and I think okay. what you've done has been so inspiring and thank you thank you for doing it and thank you for oh, documenting you. it and sharing it and <laughs> being so brilliant I just think it's been fabulous so and thank you for sharing the time to come and chat to us today oh thank you Jen thank you you're going to make me well up that was really lovely. No, it's really great to chat. And I owe you a desk gratitude as well, because your book was definitely some early impetus to uh, to move and shift and, and uh, get our shizzle together and get going. So thank you. Oh, brilliant. you wonderful sack of loveliness with me Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making big or small. Every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show and I hope you have do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time.